0: Royals manager Ned Yost speaks to the media several hundred times during the season, and he always seems to have something interesting to say. His final meeting with reporters was no different. Let's listen to Ned after his final game in a decade as the Royals manager.
1: And, I mean, my life is flying by. I mean, I was 55. I'm 65 now. I mean, I can remember when I looked at 65 and thought, man, that's an old codger right there, right? <laughs> but I'm hoping that this will slow time down a little bit, just a little bit, where I don't have to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning so I don't waste an hour of the winter. I woke up one day this, this summer remembering what it was like in 14 and 15 when you wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning just charged to come to the ballpark because you, you're just so in the middle of it. The adrenaline is going so much. And I'm like, Man, if we could just get in on just a little winning streak so I could feel that a little bit again, but we never could do that. But there's, no, there's nothing like that, and we're too far away f- from that right now. I mean, I'm looking, in my mind, three or four years before we're back to where we can contend for a world championship. I think we're going to contend in three years, or it could be three years, but it's going to probably be somewhere between three and four before we can uh, contend for a championship again. And, I, I mean, I can't, I, I, I don't have the time to wait that one out.
0: I'm going to miss Ned. Hey, welcome to SportsBKC, KC, the daily sports podcast of the Kansas City Star and presented by Big O Tires. I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff, and it's Tuesday, October 1st. Star columnist Vahe Gregorian and Sam Mellinger stopped by to talk about the Royals. We spin things forward, looking ahead to the 2020 season. Take a guess at who will be back and who won't be. We spent a long time speculating on Alex Gordon's future and who will be the next manager. Before getting started, I wanted to take a moment to thank those who have purchased an unlimited digital subscription to the Kansas City Star through Sportsbeat KC. You know that $30 offer I yap about during the podcast. Many of you have taken us up on this offer and we really appreciate this. Hope you enjoy today's show. Vahe Gregorian, Sam Mellinger, let's wrap up the Royals, shall we? Let's do it, let's wrap. I think when you finish 58-104, 58-104, as the Royals did in 2018, you can only hope for improvement. And by golly, <laughs> there it was. With a walk-off victory in game number 162, victory number 59 was theirs. 59-103 and 103 for the Royals this year. Improvement,
2: yes. <laughs> yeah. Not is- even close to a last place team, by the way. <laughs>
3: well I, I i you know I realized that before that day, but when i I did open up the Detroit papers because we were there obviously for the Chiefs game, and the Tigers lost a hundred fourteen
2: <laughs> yeah, a hundred fourteen games they yeah. won forty eight yeah no no talent and made up for it by playing poorly without <laughs> energy or focus
0: <laughs> I'll tell you what though they the Tigers you know in our lifetimes um have had a season like that, yeah. And responded pretty well, actually. It was the 2003 Royals season, right? When that's the, right, yeah. When the when the Royals had their one winning season in, in a couple of decades, and I think the Tigers were one nineteen. Yes, yep. one nineteen, incredible. Mm-hmm. And three years later, they're in the World Series. Yeah,
3: they win. Oh, they lost. That's right. The Cardinals beat them in 06. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: But Verlander and uh, they, but that team got to the World Series three years after a, a, tr- a horrible finish. So I don't care much about the Tigers and how that, that that team will respond to you know, their 47 wins. But I am curious about how you think the Royals are gonna respond to back-to-back years. If I do my addition right, 207 losses. That's a lot of losses. But should there be, maybe there's some recency bias here, but there's, should there be a better feeling about Royals heading into 2020 than there was Royals heading into 2019?
2: Yeah. I think so. Um, remember when they they were so bad last year, and then Dayton had the line that he said publicly about, uh, "Wow, I thought next year was going to be the bad one." <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, yeah. He, he didn't say it like that, <laughs> right. but that was he kind of did actually. It was words like, that was shame on me. <laughs> yeah, uh,
3: hey, we're ahead of schedule. I mean, the yeah. for tanking purposes, <laughs> right, if they right. were doing that,
2: the uh, the hope. If you want to be optimistic, the hope is that. The pitching was horrendous this year, and the hope is that the great draft class of 2017, um, I think that was the year they took all the pitchers in the first five picks of the college pitchers, in the f- first 57 picks of the draft, not mm-hmm. just their first five picks, but those guys are gonna start transitioning is next that, summer. 17 or 18, was it? It was, might be 18. Yeah, I wanna say it was 18, I, mean, yeah, I think what, it was. Everybody, yeah. you know, matter, the Brady yeah. Singer, Brady Singer and the boys. Jackson Kawar. Um, yeah. Yep. And, and those guys are going to start, and who knows who will be first. It, it'll be probably core or Singer. They'll start to come up, and they're not going to win a Cy Young right away and all that stuff, but that's what they need, and that's what they're going to get next summer. I think that's the hope. And Mondesi, for all of, you know, we sat here and you know, April and May, and it's like, oh my gosh, like this is that step. And then it turned out to not be that step. Uh, he needs to have that. Dozier needs to be real. Jorge Soler, they, they've got a decision there. Salvador Perez will come back. I mean, they, you know, you can you can come up with a scenario in your mind that, that they're competitive next year.
3: One one just quick thought on, on the last two guys you mentioned, for instance, Dozier and Soler. Those are guys that we've you, you would only be guessing had a shot to do what they did this season before this season. Mm-hmm. Now they got to do it over time, but it is interesting to see that materialize a little bit here, right? Now whether that makes Solaire more of a you know a trade bait or, or or a fixture, I don't know, but there's, I'd say, you feel like there's four, five, six, maybe pieces basically in place, right? That that make you feel like there's some foundation there Non-pitch, on the field, non, non-pitching, right? Right. And but the rest you're still guessing at a little would, bit.
0: Would these be the six: Alberto Mondesi, Wood Merrifield, Jorge Soler, Hunter Dozier, Salvador Perez, and maybe Alex Gordon?
3: Yeah, which is of course the big a big X factor within the X factors, right? But But, but that's that's how I look at it. I don't know if you agree with that.
2: I do, yeah. I mean, Gordon's a weird thing because you know he may or may not play next year, but he's almost certainly not going to be around if and when the Royals pop their next bottles of champagne, right? Um, You know, it seems like you know if if he comes back it it would just be for one more year but yeah i mean he's a he's a professional and um i do believe in i think managers are overrated but what i don't think is overrated is having dudes in the clubhouse like having you know examples of professionalism and um and not just that but a link to 2015 and 2014 and you know of all i I believe in stories you know i believe in um you know when a player has a story to tell i think that can be powerful for for younger guys and who has a better story than alex gordon of you know where he was drafted expectations failed bust you know all that stuff and then he came back like gangbusters and was the the best left fielder in the american league if not baseball for a period of about four or five years
0: well, to that point, you know, I think back to 2014 and uh, Raul is being in the clubhouse, and, of course, the James Shields yeah. um, uh, presence. Shields, of course, had been on, you know, AL winning Tampa, and Raul Ibanez coming back to Kansas City and was, Vaje, I, I know you remember because you did a big story on it, just what an influence he was in that clubhouse. He was the one, correct me if I'm wrong, he was the one that to- told the Royals when things started to go wrong in July that year, that you guys are good. You guys don't understand how good you are.
3: Yeah, and it seemed to take, and because he had the the credibility and the charisma, I think too. What's interesting about the difference between Ibanez in that situation and Gordon now is that he came in. I mean, Alex is already here. Yeah. By the way, a little twist on the Ibanez thing. I think I remember this right, but I, it's always fascinated me. You know, he didn't do much at the plate, right? He had, he he was. He was not a big help at the plate. He was even on the postseason roster. i was trying
0: to think. I don't. He he may have been on the wild card game roster, but not
3: maybe wild he was in the game dugout. Roster. I know yes. he was in the postseason in the dugout. But here's the the twist: they will. They the Royals won a one nothing game in Oakland. I think let's call it July 28th or something. That game is the difference between them playing the wild card game at home and playing it in Oakland, right? That's right, yeah. Which shifts something, right? It Maybe maybe Oakland wouldn't have gotten off to the big lead it did, but it's just kind of interesting, all the little things that happened, it, it, and he just hit a solo shot in that game, probably yeah. his biggest moment as a Royal, and actually mattered. Yeah. We'll I talk about him about a little,
0: his name will come up a little bit later when we talk about <laughs> uh, managerial prospects yep. for, for the Royals, but let's stay on the players for a second. So we agree that the, that core that, that you mentioned, Vahe, um, if Gordon returns, and let's let's finish that up. Should Gordon should he return? And, and under, under what contract conditions does he re, would he return?
2: You know what? You're asking a question and I, like I want to answer it, but like I always think that that's such a personal decision for 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 an athlete like it should be completely up to him, you know. Um and and Alex is a hard guy to figure out too because I legitimately and I could count on one hand the number of athletes that I would say this about. I legitimately think that if instead of, um, God, now I forget, it was 75 million or what, what are the, whatever the contract was that that he signed. It was in that, yeah. you know,
3: High 60s, low 70s. Yeah, if yeah. instead yeah. of
2: that, he may be, and I'm pretty sure he is the the highest paid athlete in Kansas City history. I think he has made more money playing sports here than, than anybody else in the history of the planet. But I, I think that if baseball players made, you know, like real job salaries, I think Alex would have been just as happy and he would have tried just as hard and he would have been just as into it, and and in in some ways actually happier because I think the other stuff kind of you know got in the way. And then look, <laughs> um, a lot of us can say like the money doesn't matter, but of course the money matters. But for Alex, he's, he's, the point is I think he's different. He's not going to come back for an extra. I think it would end up being like six six million. Yeah, that seems about right. He's going to get four. I think he's due a four million dollar. That's right. He, buyout. He, the uh,
0: the club option is twenty three.
2: Yeah, uh, with a four million dollar buyout. buyout. So that'll obviously get exercised, and then if he comes back, I would imagine six million dollars seems fair. I, I think that the Royals would like to have him back, but Alex has, I think, three young kids, and one of them who he named after me. So that was, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but I think, like, I think he legitimately like loves his family, like wants to be. You know, when he says want to be spend more time with my family, like I'm going to believe him, yeah. and I don't believe most of them.
3: This this is a little bit of a look back at this point, but it, to your notion of whether he would play the game without pay almost, mm-hmm. I, I never knew, because I wasn't here and I just wasn't that focused on, I never knew the story of Gil Mesh until you told me. Yeah, And there was a time along the way here in Alex's path when he was struggling so much and still year and a half, two years left on the contract, I guess early, I, I'd say he was still struggling pretty pretty badly in early 18, wasn't he? I, I might be off a little bit on the sequence, but I remember asking yeah. myself whether, if he continued to be that way, would he would he do something of that? And it's sort of immaterial at this stage. But but did you see that possibility in him that he would say, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't.
2: That wouldn't I'm have shocked. Out. Yeah, it wouldn't have shocked me. The yeah, way it, it shocked me with Gil Mesh. If he had Gil Meshed his contract. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Gil Mesh thing. I was blown away by that. Yeah, I, I don't know how many. Eleven st-
0: million. Yeah. Final um, year of a five-year, $55 million deal, I wanna yeah. say that was those. Yeah, weeks. and I think
2: it was 11 every year. I can't remember, yeah. maybe they deferred some of it, but um, that was absolutely shocking. I don't shocking.
3: remember ever hearing that story any other time in sports. I'm probably ignoring something totally obvious in front of me, but I, it, it seems unprecedented to me.
2: To, to just give it, it, it all away, yeah. and and all he had to do was basically just stay on the roster through spring training, I think, you know, and then it's it's guaranteed when, when you make the roster. I think that's right. That was absolutely shocking, but you know, Alex, um, and part of why I think that with him, and we're all guessing, right? It's armchair psychology, but I think the money and the expectations really got in his way in the beginning. Uh, I mean, I mean, he was, you know, I'll never forget this when you know when he was drafted. And look, it was an easy thing for people to say, but he's a left-handed hitting, shaggy, blonde-haired third baseman with blue eyes, and the George Brett comparison was just—it was right there. It was right there, and people ran with it.
0: Hey, the, and, the Royals ran with it. There was a, there was a commercial a season, you know, ticket selling commercial that had Brett and and Gordon in there.
2: And not just that, but there was an event, I think it was at the Negro Leagues Museum, but I might have that part wrong. But somebody asked George about the comparisons and he said, I'm honored to be compared to Alex Gordon because he is so much more physically gifted, you know, like all this stuff. I'm like, what in the hell are we, like, where are we? (laughs) You know, because, you know, the guy had not had a a professional at bat above double A at that point. You know, and he was the minor league player of the year, but come on. Like, he didn't hit 390. George Brett, minor league player of the year, you know, right? Isn't that the... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that just, that part of it blew me away. And I think it was, he had two standing ovations at Kauffman Stadium before he ever took a pitch. You know, he had one at introductions and then another one when he came up to the plate against Kurt Schilling uh, with the bases loaded and he got another standing ovation and then popped out, uh, which is, you know, <laughs> A little bit of a metaphor <laughs> for for how the next couple of years. He had the hip injury, but they came back and had one of the great careers in Royals history. Absolutely, it, without it question.
0: It is right now. If it ended, yep, it, it is one of the great careers. He's a top ten Royals player. Yeah, of, of all Absolutely. time. Absolutely. And, we'll, and 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 will stay that way for a long time. I don't care who else comes up behind him. He'll, yep. He's firmly entrenched as a top ten Royals player. I, I hope he does. I hope he comes back for one more year.
3: I do too. But 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 it does bring up an interesting question about. Something you referred to earlier, Blair, about it. Probably it's just another year. He's probably not part of the future. How much does his return, I don't want to say clog up. That's not the right term. But it, but do they need to be getting more guys in the outfield and seeing what they can do? And maybe, maybe Alex plays 125 games, right? Maybe there's a way to, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. But I do wonder if you don't see him as, let's assume for argument's sake, 2021 is when maybe they have a shot to have a winning season again you need to be seeing who your next left fielder is more than you need to see a last year out of Alex.
2: At the risk of like every word I say just being nicer than something that his own mom would say about him. <laughs> um, He's earned the right to, yeah. yeah. I, I think that if he came back, he is also really without ego. And I think that he genuinely loves his organization the in a way that few professional athletes do. And, you know, it's also worth noting that that would be the one, two, that would be the third contract that he signed after, you know, your initial service time. That would be the third contract. and So the third time that he's chosen to stay in Kansas City, the second time as a free agent. I I don't think that he would get in the way. I I think that – and, look, I could be completely wrong. Maybe my read on him is off, but I've Covered him almost since the very beginning of his career. Basically, since the beginning of his career, I think that he'd be fine with that. I, I think that he would rather do that than be seen as the guy standing in Khalil Lee's way. Or and do they need it to be that way? Being.
3: Or does that? Am I overstating that point? Do they need somebody think to playing 30, f- 40 games out there besides him?
2: Probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, you know, there, there's a lot of moving parts here because you know it's funny, like. You know, Alex Gordon, part of why he moved away from third base was to make room for uh, Mike Ooh. Moustakis, you know. So he, he's been part of this once before. But, you know, what you don't know is, you know, Khalil Lee could tear his knee, you know. Like, I mean, there's just so many moving parts, especially when you talk about prospects and not just with injuries, but just they got to produce. You know, they got they got to force their way up there. And, you know, in that way. I think Gordon would be a perfect placeholder there, you know, and, and then once the new outfielder comes up, you know, there's no question in my mind that he would be, he, he's not an outgoing, like gregarious guy, but, you know, kind of like we've talked about with what Alex Smith did with Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not trying, you know, not saying the next left fielder is going to be Patrick Mahomes, right, right. but like, you know, um, look, kid, I'm going to show up at this time. This is what yeah. I'm going to do. If you want to come along, yeah. you know, let's do it. I, I could totally see Gordon doing that.
3: I really like that thought. I do too. A little sort of some sort of apprenticeship, mm-hmm. but but also you know, yeah, handing the torch, but also appreciation year for him. Uh-huh. And I do. I didn't say this directly, but I do want to say that I I really thought he was probably washed up a year and a half ago. Whenever yeah. whenever that was. Oh I, heck, it looked like I, it. I didn't see how he was going to bring it back. And, and what what a thing to have brought it back to where he has. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, at his... That's not his signature moment of his career, but it's it's a signature of of, of his career that he, yeah. he found himself again when when it looked like it was basically over.
2: As much and maybe more than any other sport, I think baseball is about adjustments and and reinventing yourself. And how many times has Gordon done that? You know, from third base to left field, from you know a, a power hitter to a defense first. You know,
0: three hole to eight hole. Yeah. lineup. You know, yeah. and, and everywhere in between. Yeah, and
2: and I think I mean you know. There's a million people that are smarter about this stuff than I am. But I, I remember when he was really struggling and there were there were two baseball people in particular whose opinions I respect immensely. And they both said, he's got to stop trying to pull everything and think that he's a 30 home run a year guy. He's got to go the other way and he's got to mix it up. And I think that's part of what happened, but I'm sure it's not nearly that simple.
0: He, w- he was the guy who, whose at-bats I cursed uh, the shift over. You know, when, Yeah. Ooh. When the shift came into baseball Ooh. in a big way in the last few years, he, yeah. was, he was the one, at least early on, was getting swallowed up by it. Mm-hmm. And be- because of what you just said, Sam, he was such a pull guy. And uh, my final thought on, uh, on Alex Gordon is I want him to have the same type of send-off that Ned Yost got yeah. this year. I think he deserves that. I think he'll, he'll end up playing his entire career in a Royals uniform and will join just a couple of others you know who, with the same type of longevity and baseball is such a ceremonial thing and we, we love those moments and as painful as this season was it was neat to see ned get the adulation that he received at the end and i i, I think alex gordon deserves that and he, he would get it
2: too i don't he, think he any, would uh, uh, he was, yeah, well first of all happened to so well would come down that's right
0: it, <laughs> it'd be red and blue in the and like a Cardinals you know, game
3: your <laughs> your point about it you know being you know one of a select few who um to stay in the same uniform, especially in this era. I can't think of, you guys can probably think of it much easier, but the last Royal, basically of this sort of stature, I mean, we're we talk. Are we looking back at the 70s and 80s for guys that, that, early 90s, that guys that, is it George Brett, Frank White, that group that just. Did I would Sweeney, think so. Did I
0: mean, Sweeney finish well, up with someone else?
2: Yes, he, he played with the Oak, A's Oak and the Mariners right, right. Um, for a little bit, and in in the Phillies, um, he had a playoff um, run. I don't think he was on the playoff roster, but yeah, he he, he bounced around. A, Sweeney would be the closest one. Yeah. By the time he played, I think Oakland was his first team after the Royals. I think, but I mean, it was pretty apparent that that was it. For, he, he he was close. You know, he was close to a sort of career long Royal, and obviously now you know came back and worked in the organization. But he did play with. Maybe, I don't think I'm forgetting anybody, but at least three other teams.
3: And so, I mean, in this era, it's particularly unusual, I think. Oh, 100%. Right? I mean, yeah. you, oh, for sure. even more so than than the the, the other guys we'll see yeah, on the Hall of right. Fame.
0: Yeah. And to have, you know, a singular moment as oh, my he had in, in the World Series. One of the, I always say, one of the two biggest home runs in franchise history with yeah. uh, Brett off of Gossage mm-hmm. being, being the other one you know with Ned we have, there's been a discussion whether Ned should there should be a statue for Ned I, I don't know if there will be or not I probably maybe there will be there was there is one for Dick Howser right mm-hmm. um, who also won a world series but if if the statue is to commemorate if there's if statues can commemorate a moment that moment of him pointing Whoa. up yeah that, and- that that's that's iconic. That's that's a Royals yeah. li- lifetime memory right there.
2: I guess I've gotten in the business of telling the Royals exactly what to do, like the, <laughs> the barbecue in, in right field and all that too. But I think that's absolutely what, like, that the Familia home run, Sal Perez leaning yeah. out over the plate, um, you know Hosmer diving, you know um, maybe a, like a, a collection of those together. Figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely what they should do. One hundred percent.
0: Yeah, very very cool. Let's take a break, and when we return, you'll hear from Royals outfielder Alex Gordon, who was interviewed after the Royals season finale.
1: When it comes to saving big on tires, do the math at Big O Tires. Start by saving $100 instantly on sets of four Big O brand tires with paid installation purchase. Then receive an additional $50 by mail-in rebate on qualifying purchases using your Big O Tires credit card. Add it all up, and you can save as much as $150. The tires you need, the savings you want. Only at Big O Tires, the team you trust. Hurry, sale ends October 13th. For the location nearest you, go to BigOtires.com.
0: a lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit kansascity.com slash sportsbeatkc offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening.
3: We just felt the love
0: all day. You know, I don't even know how many losses we have or losses and just to see the fans with we... Cheering us on all game long, and then you know, for me, just to have some signs out there um, telling me to come back and stuff like that. Obviously, coming off the field, um, the ovation was was special for me. But like I said, I felt it the whole game, so it just says a lot about the kind of fans we have and the kind of support we have, you know, win or loss. But uh, hopefully, you know, next year with the team, it can be a little different story. There's some more Royals we need to talk about here. Um, you tell me, a future with the Royals or not. Nicky Lopez. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think so too. Yeah. How about Ryan O'Hearn? Mm,
3: what I, was that thing we did last week and you said yay or nay? And, and I said A. <laughs> and I <hit> the middle. <laughs> yeah. That's a coin toss at best to me, right? And by the way, the way you're phrasing this question isn't just you know, future with in the major leagues, it's also future future in the Royals and in the Major Leagues yeah. too, right? Yeah, I
2: mean, what, yeah, like, yeah. I'd, uh, I'd have to take a, a closer look at, you know, sort of the other options, like what, what that would mean for the rest of the roster. But I, that one's tougher.
0: Okay. How about uh, Ryan McBroom? Hmm. Same. Uh, that's, that's tough. I N-A mean, that was that much difficult too. I, can, I,
3: can I go back to a question though yeah, real yeah. quick on, on O'Hearn? So coming into this year, I specifically remember the term Dayton used about it, they think he has a chance to crush right-hand, pitching i think Mm -hmm. was the term he used and that you guys both know the the terminology better than i would on this or the or the 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 basic ways to break down these numbers but the way he was hitting the ball the hard hit rate last year in 18 was pretty promising Mm -hmm. so what what is it i mean baseball just catches up with you what what is it that broke down this year
2: i don't know i think that that's the question you know because he wasn't hitting righties like he did
0: god he was teeing off last
2: year. oh my god I mean, it it was an OPS like damn near a thousand, wasn't it? Yeah. uh, And 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 the only question was like, you know, can he also hit lefties enough to be the everyday? Yeah. And he he improved. um, He he was an absolute liability defensively in the minor leagues. I'm told he was just a butcher and he worked really hard. And, you know, I don't think he's Eric Hosmer, but, you know, he's passable Mm -hmm. over there. But, you know, especially at that position in the American League, you got to hit.
3: He'd be an interesting guy to get a full diagnostic on about about this because I mean, boy, I, I, he was awfully promising in eighteen.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Is there a place for Brett Phillips and or Bubba
2: Starling? I think those guys deserve longer looks, you know. And and part of why I say that is that they both fit what the Royals want to do in the. They're in they're incredible athletes, both of them. Both those guys, just super athletes. And if they can just hit a little bit, you know, and I'm a little bit more optimistic about Starling um, being able to hit enough. I, I, I do think that he can profile as a guy that hits you 20 to 25 home runs and probably doesn't have a high batting average, probably strikes out a lot, but maybe gets enough walks that is, you know, on base is 320, 3 you know, something like that. And if if he hits at an average rate, he's a star because of how good he is defensively. I think both those guys deserve longer looks.
3: This is a, a sort of question within a question, but but I guess Phillips probably has the better arm, but who's the better pure yeah. outfielder?
2: Uh, Starling, For I sure? Think. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I just, like Phillips, um, this is such a nitpick, but I think it is a little bit of an example here. The, the catch he had within the last week, the one in center field is in the left Full center parallel gap. parallel to the ground. Incredible yeah. catch. Um, but if you watch the replay enough, it, it was kind of a bad route, you know, it, it was sort of a, you know, a banana route a little bit. And I think Starling is, you know, he has that instinct a little bit, you know, better than. Makes than that catch Phillips standing does. up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the people used to say that, about Jim Evans, you know, that right. yeah, he's yeah, making yeah. all these diving yeah. catches, yeah. but it's because he was running circles in the outfield. Uh, I, I don't think yeah, we're at okay that plan. point. It's, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it does stick in my head about the, you know, when he was coming up, the Lorenzo King comparisons of, you know, and that came from people that watch both those guys a lot. It's just, he's so good, and that is, it's an important position on every team, but, you know, with the Royals, and the, the biggest center field in the American League, I think, um, or at least the, the biggest outfield, I think that's critically important.
0: When you were describing uh, Bubba Starling, you know, uh, 20 to 25 home runs, you know, middle of the road batting average, great defensive player that you described a right-handed uh, Alex Gordon. A little bit, only.
2: You, you know, know what? Yeah,
0: he's uh, he, you know a little bit later start. Yep. Uh, but you know, that's how you describe. All right, let's go down to the pitching real quick. So the season ends with uh, not the ends, but the, the season progressed mostly with Keller, Duffy, Jacob Junis, Lopez, Sparkman as your rotation. Skoglin got there at the end. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am. There's still there's some talent there. there, there there's there's some promise. I think some yeah. hope. It's. I, I don't think that's the staff that you the the rotation that's going to be there on opening day next i could be wrong i could be wrong but what do the rules need to do if anything with the rotation
2: well i you can talk yourself into giving each of those guys longer looks but there's a deadline around i don't know if it's going to be june july august but there's a deadline of when Jackson Kawar and and Brady Singer are coming yep. up, and the Royals really like to transition guys from the minors to the bullpen to the rotation. But I think those guys are going to transition straight into the rotation, mm. and you know, so those guys better perform. All, you know, Brad Keller's going to be there, I would assume. I think it's um, right. you know they, they they see enough that they like, but I think each of those other guys, including Duffy, um, is, is on notice.
3: And by the way, when you say that, you're you're also including bullpen role, right? I mean, or, yeah, yeah. I mean it. it that's so that's an interesting question. Now, we're not because of that wave coming and it it is it's going to arrive and maybe force fed a little right but it'll mm-hmm. it'll arrive. No way they go out and spend a little money to get somebody that they think is like a bulwark of the rotation to kind of get everybody into their own, you know, more appropriate place in the rotation. Is that a scenario?
2: I, um, you know, it's like that's the Gilmesh scenario. You know, when they signed Gilmesh it was as much to eat innings but it was also to be zach Greinke's big brother a lot you know and and there were there were some extenuating circumstances there i think dayton moore at that point was highly motivated to almost like you don't throw money around for this reason entirely but almost be like you know what like whatever you think of the royals that's not how it is anymore we're going to give this pitcher 55 million dollars because we're a major league baseball team and that's what major league baseball, i you know there was a little bit of a statement to the mm-hmm. rest of the industry in that and Um, I don't think they necessarily have to do that in the same way right now. I mean, they need to build credibility on the field. You know, 207 losses in two seasons is unacceptable, but they don't have to do that. They don't have to tell agents around baseball, we can spend money now.
3: And is it counterproductive to what they've really identified as their broader mission right now, which is, you know, kind of hatch your resources and, and, you you know, I don't know, reset really still, I mean, holding on to what you can figure out you need to do later.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I'd be surprised if they, you know, there's a big difference to me between the, there's the old line, almost a cliche about there's no such thing as a bad one year contract in baseball. Right. And you know, I'd be shocked if they did another Ian Kennedy, you know, a five year, 72 or whatever that was million dollar contract. And they even gave him an opt out, but I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked if they did, if there's some pitcher out there um, that can be had at one year, 20 million that they think can be that. I'd be surprised, but not shocked.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, the bullpen was just not Ooh. good.
3: From the start of the season, not it good. was ruinous yeah. at, at the beginning. I mean, it just it made no, gave you no chance at the start.
2: There was like a three or four-week period in there where they were like, not horrendous. They were like a four out of ten. <laughs> and it was like, wow, well, okay. <laughs> but they were so bad. But they were already that.
3: two and 17 or yeah, where they exactly. were. Right. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah.
0: There, there were some moments... C- Ian Kennedy, Kennedy saving thirty games. He was yeah. great. How about that? In that yeah. role, he was really good. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. Barlow was, you know, had, moments. Had, yeah, moments. Tim Hill moments. I, I I strained to think of other good moments from the <laughs> this <laughs> that's year. That's right. So that they get a, that's got to get figured out. I mean, you cannot, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I'll tell you what. You you can you can have a competitive series with the Tigers and some of the you know, the Marlins and a yeah. few other teams, but you're not going to be able to play you're not going to play with 500 or better teams with the type of bullpen the Royals had each of the last, really each of the last two years.
3: How much do you think they already start to, I mean, to what degree they see, you know, Kennedy as the latest success of a conversion that, you know, has included like Wade Davis, for instance. I mean, do you think that that has their minds turning to somebody like Danny Duffy? I mean, is that, is that already, are the wheels already spinning on these kind of
2: thoughts?
0: I think he I ends up too. in the bullpen.
2: I do too. I thought he could have been This past year, he he just to me like profiles as such a good reliever. You know, if if you get the best of Duffy, I mean, just uh, as a late inning, I think his stuff would play up. I mean, I I just I think he would be really really good in that role. Absolutely,
0: I agree. And I again, I I think I think that's where he's going to end up. So, uh, the Royals do not have a manager as of today, and um, but I got some names. I I got the list. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I've got the list. Uh, Raul Baez is on the list. Carlos Beltran is on the list. Uh, these are names that I've seen associated with the Royals. Okay. Uh, Joe Madden is looking for a job. Yeah. He's unemployed. That's kind of it for the outsiders. Unless you've heard of somebody else.
2: Well, well I think Clint Hurdle. That's what I was going to say. Clint Hurdle could potentially yeah. Hurdle be yeah. interesting. From the
0: Buckos.
3: And he, you know,
0: former Sports Illustrated cover boy with the, with the Royals.
3: Yeah, and I mean, at a time where we're talking about tapping into the minor league system mm-hmm. and whatever it is in, in the infancy of this, I mean, how much does that resonate with, with a Dayton? When, when what I don't know is, you know, I really don't know much about Clint Hurdle's temperament. I mean, he's had some success, but I don't know how that aligns.
0: The, three straight years in the playoffs yeah. with, the, with the Pirates. But then there are the in-house candidates. Mm-hmm. I think that would be the largest percentage of the of the pie on the pie graph here. Um, Mike Mike Matheny, um Pedro Graffal, Dale's Fame. You, we talked about this, I think, Sam, uh, recently we, we extolled the virtues of Pedro Grafau. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot to like about him yeah. as a candidate, a lot to like about him. But I believe I, the he- headline on Mellinger Minutes this week, um, <laughs> Basically, has uh, Matheny as the guy.
2: Yeah. Well, so, what I don't know, this is pure speculation about like Clint Hurdle and if if the guys who got fired, if that changes the the process at all. And there's a lot. I mean, Clint Hurdle. You know, you just mentioned um, his success in Pittsburgh. Um, and then Colorado before that with kind of a similar – that was a homegrown – World Series team. You know, yeah. Um, they lost to the Red Sox, swept I Swept by the Red Sox in yeah. You know, seven, yeah. Um, but that's a lot of success. And I think – I think I remember 21 out of 25 guys on their World Series roster were homegrown. I think that's right. You know, so, I mean, he had <laughs> – that's what the Royals want to do, you know? Right. right. Um, and and he had like firsthand success. He has a connection to Kansas City. I've heard him and look like nobody's going to come back to the town and be like, oh, this place sucks. But, you know, when he came back as a manager, um, talked glowingly of Kansas City and his time here and all that stuff. I just, I wonder if, if that changes the, the process a, a little bit. But, you know, Matheny just seems, I know people have their opinions um, and I'm trying to learn a lot more, but it just, so this isn't who I'm, Pulling for or rooting for or whatever—it's just who I think that they're going to hire. Mike Matheny seems like the favorite. Did you well, cross paths with him?
3: Just a little bit. I mean, as a player, more. Um, yeah. Than than in his managerial days, I wasn't doing much with the Cardinals by then. Can't say I really know him. that I mean, Know him more by word of mouth from people we know that you know covered him and and were around him. He's I mean, certainly seen as a cerebral type, but also hard to engage. Is you know maybe. At least that was the experience of some people we know there, and some of the players there. Um, that certainly shows up. I, I didn't get to see Mellinger minutes yet. Did you get into any of that? Uh, Not really. I'm, I'm trying
2: to learn, and I was reading a lot actually today. I mean, there's there's a lot there. There's a lot of drama. Um yeah, With it, you know Dexter Fowler, Dexter who Fowler came special. on a five year, eighty two million dollar contract, and Apparently, they just weren't talking for months at a time. With, yeah. You know, that guy and the manager. And uh, there's a weird dynamic with the bullpen with um, shooters, Aaron Hicks. And then the, I forgot the older player's name. Um, uh, you know, there was, I think hazing is a bit strong, but, um, you know, a little heavy handed. There's as an
3: insinuation uh, of it as hazing, though. right? Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah.
2: And I don't know. It was just some, some weird dynamics in there. And, and I'm a big believer in, you know, smart. Committed, um, humble. I think that needs to be in there. People being able to to fail and then succeed. You know, uh, by learning lessons of you know what went wrong the first time. And I don't know Mike Matheny and if if he was able to do that. And look, like we're acting like it was a complete disaster. Uh, he never had a losing season. Uh, made the playoffs his first four years. Won 100 games one year and lost in the World Series to the Red Sox, I think the Red Sox, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, even when he's fired, they're 47 and 46. Now, <laughs> does it say something that they took off, right, when he was fired? Yeah, right, uh, right. You know, so there, there's a there's a lot of, you know, kind of stones to turn over there.
3: There are. There's a lot to examine there. And, and one of the other things that you bring to mind, Blair, with, with that list is so everybody you mentioned, Pedro Grafal is the only one in house, or obviously out of house, that hasn't been a manager. Huh, and that's right. So so the question there sort of becomes twofold. One, do you, do you want the fresh eyes, right, or whatever you want to call it, the newness of a guy who's never been a manager versus out of all these people we're talking about, he's the only one who, well, and Dale Swain also represents. He's been a manager, though. Continuity. But I'm just saying yeah. out of all these, okay, Pedro's okay. the one. Pedro and Dale would represent continuity. Yeah, yeah. Not really right. athene just because it's been such a short time, right, sure. he hasn't really been... He had been evolved. in the dugout, so so that part of the argument, part of the question is, you know, the argument for continuity versus within those two, the argument for fresh, freshness and continuity. Yeah, are we not at a place where new voices are needed? I'm really just saying that rhetorically. I sort oh, of think so, think. though. Yeah. My my first thought is, yeah, I sort of think so. Yeah.
2: No, I lo- I love Pedro. Um, I, I think he is, and then, like I want to be very. This is not like a he gives me stuff all the time kind of situation. He. <laughs> <laughs> he be, shuts you down. He right begrudgingly answers my question, <laughs> okay. but I think the world of that guy and his talents, but I do think that's an argument against him and, and a legitimate, you know, sort of a hard one to go against. I, I think they need something new. Um, I really do. I think they need a new voice.
3: Within all this right now, if I just close my eyes and kind of drew up a little matrix, a little box of each guy, I mean, honestly, without delving too deeply into it all, Clint Hurdle's the guy I'd be thinking about.
2: Me too. He, he makes mm. a lot of sense on the servers, but, I, you know, I don't know the... I don't know enough up at the inside, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't know the relationship um, if there is one, if it's positive, negative or whatever between him and him and the Royals or you know him and Dayton or him and JJ or him and you know whoever. Um, that's that's a complete unknown. But shoot, you're right. Like I mean just the resume, um, did it in Colorado, did it in Pittsburgh with you know teams on similar budgets. You I know, mean, I don't think the Rockies spent big when when they had their success. Correct. Yeah, you that know, makes a lot of sense. He he does. Is there
0: a timetable for this? Is there a, is there a hurry to get this done?
3: I
2: don't think there's like there's a not a rush there's not a John Sherman factor here, right? No, me. I mean Sherman will be in on it. Yeah, yeah, um, but
0: but they're not going to wait know. for him to officially take over. Yeah, he
2: can be in on it today.
3: Yeah. And yeah, yesterday Yeah, which was kind of tomorrow. news to me, by the way. I didn't realize that when we were at some of those events last week with the Royals, where, you know, Dayton kind of openly referring to having two bosses. And uh-huh. I sort of thought, oh, maybe there's this double secret thing where, you know, you're not really allowed to talk to the owner, but he's telling you. But, oh, I guess
2: it's completely appropriate that he can talk to, to yeah. Sherman right now and get the as there sh- as it should be. As it should be. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, Sherman is Dayton's boss. And, right. you know, as a courtesy, I would think that you'd just tell David kind of what's going on you know but right. like Sherman's the guy so
3: so part of this that we don't really understand is to what degree Sherman sees this as I want a total reset we're blowing this up that's I mean, right. that's probably not true yeah. but we don't know on the spectrum yeah. of 0-10 0-10 to, 10, 0 to 10, yep. I, I, we don't really have any feel we don't, for that no, do we? We, don't,
0: yep. we don't know we don't know yeah. that's part of the part of what's going to make this a pretty interesting offseason yeah. for the Royals um, and they will be Plenty of time to get into these topics in the hot stove league. It's, it's hot now outside. It's like still summer. It's in <laughs> yeah, the high right. 80s out here now. It's, <laughs> it's
2: ridiculous. October 1st. Bring uh, on Thursday.
0: That's right. Bring on the cold weather. All right, guys. Sam hey thanks a lot. All right, man. Check out the Royals coverage by Lynn Worthy and Sam Mellinger's Mellinger Minutes and other baseball stories in the show notes on kansascity.com and the true blue app producer kathy lou and podcast and comic book aficionado leah becerra reminded me that monday was international podcast day i'm sorry i didn't get you guys anything but you're the best to work with sports bkc will be back on wednesday when we'll hear from chiefs quarterback patrick mahomes and you'll hear a discussion about california's new legislation fair pay for play act which will allow college athletes in that state to cash in on their name, image, and likeness starting in 2023. This is a potential game changer for college sports, and we'll talk about it Wednesday. Thanks for listening.